You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hello and welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Aaron Lutz. I'm one of the pastors here at Clear Creek. I give leadership to our East 96 campus. But man, I wanna thank you for engaging with us on the podcast this year. 2022 has been a great year of continuing conversations beyond our weekly worship services. I recently sat down with Ryan Leighton and Kyle Mikulin to look back on the year that was and really to look forward to a new year, both in our personal lives, but also as a church family. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, guys, let's jump in. Ryan, Kyle, how we doing? Doing great. Good. Doing well. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for jumping in. All right, so for those that might not know you guys, tell us a little bit about your role at Clear Creek, uh, your family, and then let's do something our listeners may not know about you. Just like fun fact. All right, so uh, campus pastor for the Eager Bay campus. Yeah. I also uh, lead our spiritual formation team. Mm-hmm. Been on staff for about 12 years. It'll be 12 years in February. And fun fact that people don't know about me. Man, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, there was a time when I was in a college, I wanted to own a barbecue restaurant. There you go. There it's going to be go. called Smokin' Ryan's Texas Barbecue. Smokin' Ryan's. Yep. So right. now we have, we have barbecue cook-offs <laughs> at Eager Bay. So. That's awesome. Yep. Still living the dream. Yeah, still awesome. living the dream. All right, Kyle, what about you? Uh, I'm at the Clear Lake campus. I'm the student director there. So I work with 6th through 12th grade. Um, and then I also have some central responsibilities for... Um, student ministry in relation to that, think through teaching and um, kind of discipleship mm-hmm. uh, level stuff in student ministry. Also, uh, this was new of this past year, which we'll talk some about this later, I think. Um, but I joined the small groups team yeah. um, for a year. That's kind of a stretch assignment program. Mm-hmm. Just get to see other aspects of the church, um, which has been really awesome working with Carl Garcia, Clear Lake campus pastor. So campus pastor yeah. and small groups director. But uh, so I do that. And then on top of that, uh, there's some teaching stuff that yeah. I've stepped into at the Clear Lake campus as well. So that would be kind of my work. Tell us about your family. So my family, uh, I'm married to my wife, Alexis, mm-hmm. and then my uh, brand new one-year-old daughter, Dinah Grace. So, so she um, just turned one. She just turned one. She's a little bit older than one okay. now. So it is, time is flying by. Cool. But yeah, that's my fi- family dynamic is great. It's probably the most exciting thing that's happening in my life right mm-hmm. now, having a a child, a one-year-old uh, life has never looked more different yeah, than it yeah. does right now. So, any fun facts, anything our listeners may not know about you? Even if they go to your campus, they may not know this about Kyle Mikulin. Yeah, I think I would, th- uh, hobbies of mine, I play disc golf. Yeah. That's a big thing with me. Um, anything that's a Frisbee and you can throw it, I like playing. Aaron, we've played uh-huh. Ultimate Frisbee together. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say. Ultimate Frisbee, disc golf, very different things. But Go down the rabbit hole, yeah. very different thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, hey guys, it's officially December. One of my favorite things this time of year are the all the year in review stuff, right? So I just got an email this week from Spotify. It's like, here's all your 2022 top songs or YouTube always does this like awesome, make you want to cry year in review kind of video, news stations, everybody has it, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to do a year in review podcast, kind of both as a church, like what are we celebrating? What are we seeing God do over the last year? Uh, but also just personally for you guys, like how have you seen God move in your own life. Uh, And we'll do some fun stuff on the back end as well. So let's start with the church. Think back to the last 11 months since January of 2022. uh, What are you celebrating most this year? Uh, Church-wise, I I think, I mean, I'm celebrating, uh, feeling like we're hitting our stride and getting back to normal after all the COVID stuff for the last couple of years. And so seeing a lot of people uh, 
return back and say, all right, like now we're, we're back into normal life, uh, seeing new people get plugged in. And so just seeing that, you know, the upward trajectory of attendance, people getting connected. So that's just been really fun. I feel like there's a lot of momentum and, uh, and just energy in everything that we do, whether it's our services or uh, getting a small group, people mm-hmm. serving, like all those things are just ticking up. And that's like forward momentum is a lot of fun. Yeah. And so uh, that's something I'm celebrating. Uh, even within our our preaching, we've made some changes mm-hmm. that started really January of yep. 2022, and uh, and you know Kyle's part of it. Just you know talked about he got added to the uh, the preaching team for the mm-hmm. Clear Lake campus. That's been really fun, I think, for all of us. And we've yeah. done some podcasts talking about like <laughs> you know how that's been a growing experience, but just celebrating the uh, the opportunity personally to mm-hmm. to do some more preaching and then uh, to develop more people. And I think we've all just grown a lot. So it's been really fun to to see that happen and yeah. celebrating it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. What about you, Kyle? For sure. Some of the things we're celebrating, I think, you know, coming out of COVID, that's part of it at the Clear Lake campus as well, specifically to the Clear Lake campus. Mm-hmm. Just there's a great sense of camaraderie and family, like this closeness. I love how um, when you, I think when you walk into the doors of the Clear Lake campus, it feels like um, you're met with a community, mm-hmm. like people are around to meet you and to talk to you and to hang out afterwards. So that's been awesome. That's been something we've been yeah. celebrating. I think also just with that, there's been just a lot of opportunities for people to take next steps mm-hmm. into different roles. And there's like this excitement about being able to do that type of stuff. Yeah. I know in student ministry in our world, just the what our volunteer teams look like now and the people that I get to serve and lead with, mm-hmm. it looks different and they bring a whole new perspective. So student ministry has never been more fun cool. than it is right now. So I'm celebrating that. I think as a church as a whole, I, th- I mean, this man had happened not last year specifically, but towards the end of last year, I think mm. it was Christmas Eve service actually last year that this happened was 528 opening and launching its, launching its building. Um, and so that's something that we're celebrating and seeing a lot. That has a huge impact in student ministry, what God's doing there at 528 mm-hmm. and how that impacts our ministry as a whole because we're so interconnected and in how yeah. we work together really as a church, but also in that. So those are some of the big things I feel like that jump straight to mind as yeah. I'm thinking 2022, what are we celebrating? Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about that just as you were talking about that. There's three of the four locations of our campuses at least represented. We have a fifth campus, our Wednesday uh, night campus, but uh, Chris would absolutely say opening a new building is the thing that he's celebrating. And and really because it, it's doubled their reach, not just an attendance, but it's like people are on mission inviting their unchurched friends to engage with them in hearing the gospel and responding to it. So we would celebrate that for 528. I'd say the same thing is true at East 96. Like I I meet new people every single week. And so it's not just that uh, people are coming back. It's like, I think these are a whole bunch of people that were never there that people are reaching their neighbors and inviting them to come uh, hear the gospel and to worship with them. So uh, that's been fun. I'd say we've baptized more people this year than we have the last two years combined just because of the circumstances. And so, uh, you know, reaching people, uh, people coming to faith and then being discipled into small groups, growing those ministries, that's things I'm celebrating as well. So on, on the other side, uh, what would you say over the last 11 months have been the biggest challenges we faced as a church, maybe even specific to your campus at Eager Bay or Clear Lake or wherever? You want to go first on this one? Give me some <laughs> Man, I time need, to think about I that. I need some time to think about it. It's always the positive. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The, the challenges that are hard. Yeah. Um, I got something if you need, go if you need more Yeah, time. jump in, jump in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say wh- one of the things, and I'll, I'll speak for myself, mm. but I also... I do speak for other people as well within this. I think that culturally, 
coming out of a season of a couple years of everything just being a little bit, I don't know, all over the place, mm -hmm. I think that people, my own like commitment to things is lacking in mm -hmm. some things, in some areas. So I think uh, that's one of the challenges, I think, as, as a church is for us to help uh, call people to a greater commitment mm. to being on mission, to serving. And I think people have been just slow to, to, to do some of those next yeah. steps. So it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to be attending again. And, mm. you know, that, that's about all I, I really want to do at this point. And so I think a lot of our volunteer teams have been a little bit lagging behind to, to rebuild. And, uh, you know, I'd say in the last six months has been really good. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that build has been a little bit slower. So that's yeah. just been a challenge. I mean, uh, across a, a lot of our campuses, if not all of them have had some issues with children's ministry, not having enough volunteers to even, um, you know, remain open for the whole time that we've had to say, all right, we've, we've kind of reached our capacity for the number mm -hmm. of kids we can take based on the number of volunteers. And uh, again, the last six months have been good, good steady growth in trying to build up some of those teams. But you know, it's been a challenge. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's no fun whenever you know people um, are bringing their their family into the auditorium when they'd rather have their kids in children's ministry. It's a little more age appropriate for yeah. them, um, but because of of space, you know, considerations were or really volunteer considerations, mm -hmm. not able to really do that. So um, it's been it's been a challenge, but yeah. you know. I think we've seen some good growth in it. Yeah. So that's the exact one I was thinking of. I mean, at East 96, we just have a ton of kids. You know, like we're just a pretty young campus. And so there's like the kid to adult ratio is really, really high. And so we were experiencing some of the same things. I mean, almost every week early in the summer, we're turning families away and, uh, you know, trying to create an environment for them to be able to still engage. But man, it's tough for parents and for the kids. And so we just challenged our church. Like, hey man, we, we have to serve people in order to fulfill our mission of leading unchurched people to full devotion. Like we cannot turn unchurched families, kids away. And so what does that look like for us to step into those roles? So I remember at one point in the summer asking Sonia and Grace, the children's directors at our campus, I'm like, how many volunteers do you need every weekend to have like 200 kids in children's ministry? And they're like, we need at least 60. Between two services, we need at least 60. Like, okay, what are we running now? They're like 30. <laughs> like, so we need to double our team uh, in anticipation of the fall. And man, to their credit and you know, to the credit of a lot of... The, their volunteers, they've built those teams. So we haven't turned away a family since, you know, late in the summer. Um, and really for the last, I would say, you know, five, six months, we've been on the same trajectory as you guys and just doing the hard work. And man, people stepped into those roles and it almost like, was a reminder of when we launched, when you had a reason to call people to some significant thing, like we're gonna go launch this campus, we need you to step up. Or with this, like, hey, we're coming out of this hard season, we need you to step up. Like people responded really well yeah. to that challenge. And so sometimes we take these challenges and we look for like kind of a, a high call, high challenge that really is good for our church. And so I'm grateful we came through that season, but it was definitely challenging. Yeah. Mm. I think something that goes along with both things, this may be more of a cultural deal than just specific to our church and probably something we've all experienced shape or form, but uh, it's really the, the just the busyness factor. I think yeah. when you hit COVID, you, you were hoping, when COVID hit and kind of slowed things down, you're hoping that we would learn some lessons from that, that we would sure. adopt into our lives. But it's like, we found our schedules back to being full. Mm. And so, and it's almost like this emotional whiplash of, uh, what we experienced back then to what we're experiencing now. Mm -hmm. And so it's just hard, I think, for, 
for people, it's like, oh, I filled my calendar back up. What does it look like for me to take care of my own soul? Even like volunteers to any capacity, it's like, what does it look like for me to care for myself well yeah. so that I can continue to serve in these different capacities? I think we filled our schedules, but they're also very hesitant to put things on our plates yeah. that we maybe don't have space for. And so yeah. that's been a challenge yeah. over the past few months, I would say. Um, yeah, I've heard you and Carl talk about just the challenge of um, with 528 opening, oh, yeah. which is great, but there's also the challenge of some people from Clear Lake that really were closer to there moved over there. Talk yeah. about that a little bit within our kind of campus structure and how that worked out. For sure. So, so, so when we launch campuses, you know, we encourage people to live on mission Mm-hmm. Uh, closest to where they attend. And yeah. so for some people, whenever 528 opened their building, it was like, they're going to go and attend now over here because that's closest to where they live. And yeah. so that means that uh, in order to... Um, like some key volunteers, people that were key to the Clear Lake mm-hmm. campus, they went over to 528 to help do what that campus needed in that season yeah. for launching new space. And so uh, it's both uh, been a challenge, but also a also, it's probably some of the things that we're also celebrating yep. because that's just that's part of the. When I say my volunteer teams look different mm-hmm. now, uh, it's because that opened up spaces for new people to step yep. up, and people did. Yep. Like people did step up and and. Um, kind of a rise to the occasion yeah. in the midst of that. So. And that's what's cool. We call people to be on mission. They they do that, yeah. but that forces us to multiply in some ways that actually are really healthy. You know, yeah. so when East 96 launched, it forced Eager Bay to backfill some roles. And they've, you know, people have stepped up into those roles and we'll continue to plant new churches and uh, that'll continue to be some of our story. Um, all right, let's think back about uh, the last year of sermons that we've preached. So we've preached through, I don't know, uh, nine or 10 different series over the last 52 weeks. And so what would you guys say is your favorite sermon series at Clear Creek this last year? I mean, Revelation was, yeah. a, was a really big one for us. Did you steal I mean, it from yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost all, wanted to jump in. It. Yeah, yeah. You wanted you, to go first on that say. one. Because <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, it yeah. really was, it was, man, it was, it was challenging to yeah. write those sermons and, um, but man, it was so good, so good. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that one. Um, another one that stood out, I mean, I feel like I'm just gonna, I look through the list and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, all these, it's like, you know, being the, the guys who are preaching these, like yeah. you, you get passionate about all yeah, these. So there's sure. that one. And I guess the one that was really right after that was the, um, uh, what was the busy one that we- uh, uh, Godspeed. Yeah, Godspeed. Yeah. That, was, that was really fun to do, mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was out all summer on yeah. sabbatical. So uh, I don't know what you guys preached on. <laughs> Preach Ecclesiastes. Um, yeah, you missed yeah, out yeah. some Old Testament. Uh, Claiming your faith was one that yeah, we did, yeah, right? Yeah, did that. Is that the name of the series? Yeah. yeah, that was a good series. Yeah. And then uh, in the, the fall restoried, I really, mm. I really enjoyed that one. Well, it was, you know, speaking to that, because when Revelation was the first series when we made some of the teaching shifts yeah. that you guys have already alluded to, uh, that was my kind of first introduction into the book. It was like Revelation when it's like, talk about exegetical work, like teaching through the scriptures, yeah. one of the hardest books that you do that. So it's like, here you go, this is the one. And then we're trying, fire, yeah, we're trying to weed you out. Yeah. We're gonna see if you can make it. And then you jump to the flip side of that, maybe some of the cultural stuff. And yeah. it was like topics like reclaiming your faith, which we talked about racism mm-hmm. and um, sexuality. sexuality and all that yeah. stuff. So it's like, Justice, here, yeah. here's the two that you're gonna jump in the pool yeah. with. It's, both ends of the spectrum of that. So yeah. it was fun. But I think Revelation was, de- I have to jump in and say, it was one of my favorite series, not just this year, but of all time. Yeah. It was it was so good. It was challenging. Just like you said, Ryan, it was, um, I think it just, pr- pr- when you can provide a level of understanding and mm. clarity for people, um, that, that 
every time I've heard people talk about Revelation, it was always like, it was a very fearful and challenging yeah. book for them. And when I heard people walking away from the series, it was very clear and they were very confident. Mm. And I was just like, that's, yeah. that's awesome. So yeah. did it for my heart too. Sure, me too. Yeah, so I, we started the year in Revelation, uh, just a tease. We're gonna finish the year in Revelation. Uh, our Christmas Eve service, we're actually gonna preach a chapter from the book of Revelation. So just be there for Christmas Eve. It's going to be awesome. But my, my small group is reading through Revelation. We're, uh, we're reading through the New Testament this year. And so I've encouraged my group, hey, man, go back and listen to the sermons of the Revelation series. And so our people are kind of going back. You know, think about it, like January of 2022 was still kind of coming out of COVID. There was another wave. I think it was an Omicron wave during that time. Yeah. And so our attendance was a lot less then than it is even now. And so, you know, what's historically a lower month, November, early December, kind of a little bit lower. And so a lot of our people that are now part of our church missed Revelation. So man, I encourage people go back and listen. Uh, that was a great, great series. But I, I do think my favorite was the Godspeed series because you talked about like our people are so busy. And so this call to slow down to times of silence, to um, really like reliance and independent prayer, which is something that really God has been uh, laying on my heart, probably at the start of the Godspeed series that then throughout this year, um, God's really been using that uh, in my own life. And so that was probably one of my favorite. Um, I thought the, the blessing series was unique too. Uh, just to talk about how we use our words to bless specifically our family. Mm. Uh, it's probably changed the way I uh, pray for my kids at night and just like pronounce these blessings over them. And I want that to be something mm. they remember. Uh, so all of those have been been really impactful. Anything else on the sermon series? I'd throw out the forgiveness one that we did. Yeah, right before Easter. Yeah, the, for me, I, when I think about people, even in my own life, it's like relationships are so messy that that word... That forgiveness word can take you so many different places yeah. emotionally. Like you can be wanting forgiveness, but not able to reconcile because the other person's unwilling. You can mm-hmm. um, know that God calls you to forgiveness, but because of the hurts that you've experienced, not willing. So it just touches on so many of the different emotional places in people's hearts and like relationships are messy. So it's, mm-hmm. it was very practical to be able to kind of put that on the forefront. I know I even reference and talk about some of those things yeah. in small groups and um, in my own family, in my own home, yeah. as I think about relationships that we need to reconcile and stuff along that yeah. nature. So, yeah. I remember somebody even recently talking about, they remember us talking about the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation and that being like a, a big thing for them. Like, I don't, I can't always reconcile everything, but I can forgive, forgive yeah. you know? Uh, so that's been really impactful for people. Um, so I'm curious for those who are listening, you know, like what people at Clear Creek would say what was their favorite series, what, what grew people's heart and their devotion. And so if you're listening, man, reach out on social media, let us know, email Ryan, Ryan loves emails. Yeah, just man. send it to him. Uh, tell us what your favorite series of the year is and not just what your favorite was. Cause it was, you know, you enjoyed it, but like, how did God use it to shape your heart? Um, so I'm curious about that for even you guys, let's, let's get a little bit more personal, not just church wise, but this year we spent 40 days in prayer and fasting uh, leading up into kind of October, November. We actually did 28 days of prayer earlier in the year. Mm. And so we've had this emphasis of prayer, but most recently prayer and fasting. So I'm curious, what'd you guys fast from? And then two, how has God shaped your heart for prayer in 2022? Fasting for me. So during the 40 days of prayer and fasting, I just picked a day, which was Monday for me, the first yeah. uh, really of the work week, what mm-hmm. it felt like, to fast from food. And so yeah. all day Monday, I was very hungry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we would, I would fast for that. And during the meal times, just spend some time praying cool. and reflecting during um, that space. So that's what fasting looked like yeah. for me. 
Uh, for me, I realized that just looking at my phone has become so much of a habit mm-hmm. that it was just really not not helpful for me. Like I would just find myself just always just just looking at. It. I mean, you know, scrolling through news, scrolling through. I mean, it's like if if I exhausted all the news for the day, it's like there's nothing else happening. Then I would just I don't know. I'd go to Amazon and just like look through. <laughs> I mean, the deals of the day or yeah. something. It was just like, you know. I don't know. They just found, I found that mindless scrolling. Yeah, yeah, mindless scrolling such a distraction for me. So I was like, all right, I'm going to turn off all all the apps that are my most popular ones basically. Mm-hmm. Like so that was uh YouTube, uh the, my browser, uh I, all social media, which I don't do a lot of social media on my phone anyway, uh, Amazon even. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, my phone was just a communication device yeah. essentially. It was just I could do email, I could do uh, text message, phone calls, that sort of thing. And, you know, I didn't care about scrolling through email. So I was just like, <laughs> you know, it just, like anytime I just felt this compulsion to like pull my phone out, I'm like, oh yeah. You know, yeah. so it really was a, a good reminder for me. Um, so good, in fact, that like I really haven't brought any of those things back yeah. since then. I've just said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this discipline as, as best that I can um, just because, I don't know. I just felt like my, my the clarity of mine mm. was was just always, not always, it was there much more than before. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is just not, not helpful for me. So yeah. trying to reclaim that for me. Myself. So if the purpose of fasting was to deny ourselves something, um, not something that's necessarily bad, right? Uh, just something that reminds us to pray, that calls us to pray. Uh, so for me, that was caffeine in the morning. It's like, I was so dependent on caffeine to wake up and uh, get moving for the day. It's like, I don't wanna be dependent on something other than the Lord. And so I'm gonna be dependent on him. And then the days where I had caffeine headaches, it's like, that was a good reminder to pray, you know, yeah. uh, or waking up in the morning, God asking God for energy. It's using the first prayer that I would pray because I, I didn't have this substance that used, I was used to providing that. And so um, for you guys, as you denied yourself something, how has God grown your heart for prayer over those 40 days? What, what were you praying about? Um, how has God shaped you as a, a praying man? Yeah, I mean, it, it was really, it was a very impactful time. Uh, I think... Um, a lot of the stuff I had been reading mm-hmm. independent from this, you know, so we, we're in some classes right now yeah. for school and uh, all those things that we've been talking about and reading about, that was coming from like one direction. Some other stuff I'd been reading and listening to that's come from another direction. And then the 40 days of prayer, in fact, it's like all this stuff was just, was coming at me. And I feel like God was really just calling me just to be in his presence mm-hmm. a whole lot more and be much more dependent on prayer. Yep. Um, a lot of passages that just read through as I was just reading through the, the Bible, mm-hmm. like not, I mean, part of the 40 days of prayer and fasting, but even just on my own, yeah. we're highlighting <clears throat> all these examples of Jesus praying. And, I, and I'm, I'm trying to remember all these specific stories, but like, it was Jesus praying about some things that were relatively minor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, well, man, if, if Jesus has to pray, like as, as an ongoing discipline of depending on, on God, mm-hmm. the father, then how am I just operating in all these different areas, all these different decisions by just yeah. saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in God's wisdom that his mm-hmm. spirit's just working in me. So I don't actually need to pause and pray. I can just sort of make the decision that I feel like is the, is the wisest decision mm-hmm. and trust that God's at work in that, which mm-hmm. I think that's true, but it's almost like that was an excuse for me not to pray not to as pray. much. And so yeah. it was really like, 
a, a season of thinking, I'm gonna pray about as, as many things as I can, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and all the different prayer prompts were really helpful to say yeah. like, hey, pray for someone who needs healing. And it's like, oh, we, we had just sent out like a campus pastor email that was like asking like, hey, how can I pray for you? So I, I had a whole inbox full <laughs> of all these people I can pray for. So yeah. I was like, I'm praying through all those things. And it, it takes a long time to get through that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, was, that was a really good exercise for me to say like, oh, I'm, this morning, I'm gonna pray through all these people who are in my inbox. And it probably took me, an hour mm. to like pray for each one and then reply back to those people. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, that took a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> and it was good. It was good for me to yeah. break that like efficiency mindset that I constantly have. So uh, it was good. It just slowed me down a lot. Um, and again, it, it, it just made me yearn for that more and more. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't wanna lose that. So yeah. whatever I have to give up in my life to, to keep that, mm-hmm. that sense of intimacy with God, like I will throw my phone away if I have mm-hmm. to do that. So mm-hmm. um, part of that also was just a, an, an enriching time of like worship, like corporate worship. Yeah. Like have, I've never looked forward to showing up on a Sunday and like singing than, mm. than I have in this past fall. Wow. And some of that was like that, that sermon that we did in that restored series on singing, like yeah. writing that sermon, like changed my heart about mm. singing in the service. Mm. And so yeah. like, I show up with a, with a different mindset, yeah. like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do that. It's like, oh yeah, also I get to preach, but like, I'm excited to like sing before mm-hmm. we get up there and do that. So anyway, it's been, it's been a really good season. Well, go back to that singing for a second. Cause if people miss that sermon, like what's the purpose of singing? Like, isn't that just preparing us to hear a sermon? Like that's kind of how a lot of people treat it. It's the warm up before we yeah. really open the scriptures. So what, what has God done in your own heart that you've enjoyed the corporate worship more because of it? Um, I, I think it's thinking about, the significance of the words a little yeah. bit more than I have been uh, trying to be a little bit more present in that and not mm-hmm. just like, Hey, we're, we're singing and yep, they're on the screen, but like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to resonate with these, with the meaning a little bit yeah. more. Uh, there's that uh, it's a, a, more of an awareness of the other people in yeah. the room as well. So I'm yep. singing to them. They're singing to me um, and hearing people. I mean, people are engaging now more than they ever have. And so yeah. it's like, it's powerful whenever I'm hearing people sing more. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember other, other points of that sermon that were well, really- the scripture that was like, teach and admonish one another. How? Through singing, like yeah. through singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs uh, with thanksgiving in your heart, you know? And so uh, that's the thing is like, there's other people in this room that we're doing this together and we're teaching each other. We're, we're cautioning each other in the gospel uh, by, by our singing. So it's not just JJ on stage at East 96 singing for us. It's that we're singing together to teach yeah. one another. And this last week I was standing next to Dave Vanderwey during worship and he tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, do you hear that? I'm like, what is there like something wrong in the microphone? He's like, no, listen to our people, like listen to our people sing. And it's been more than people have in the past. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence that we've been praying together and now we're singing together and we've yeah. been, uh, you know, hearing from the Lord in other ways. And now we're responding to the gospel in a significant, passionate way. So yeah. I, I agree with you. The other thing in there that I think that really impacted me, this is kind of silly, but it's like that the bumper video that we had before yeah. that message, all those like images mm-hmm. of Coldplay and U2 and all this stuff. So it was kind of like that came out of this like programming meeting idea. And so just seeing people's faces and feeling this conviction of, man, like 
those people are like passionately worshiping something. Mm-hmm. They're not worshiping Jesus, at least in, the, in, the, in those lyrics concerts, of those songs, yeah. but it's like those concerts. And like, it was convicting for me to be like, I'm, I'm passionate like that in other settings. Mm-hmm. Like um, if, I'm, if I'm singing in my car, I mean, like I'm more demonstrative singing in my car than I am here on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what is, what is that? Like, what is that block in there? Am I thinking about what other people are thinking too much? Mm. Am I thinking about what I got to get up and say in just a second? Like, why am I not focused? And why am I not feeling this the way that I feel it if I'm singing in my car or whatever? Mm. Like, so uh, that was, that was good, man. It's been, it's been good. Good. I think we're singing too, just to add, like one of the things that makes corporate worship so beautiful for me, and it's been something that's continued to grow in the life of our church Mm -hmm. at each of our campuses or at all the campuses. It's like we hear this frame, but it's also the community aspect. Yes, I'm singing to you and you're singing to me, but like, man, there's nothing more that wrecks me whenever I know the life and the story of someone Uh, and they're going through a rocking wavy season and they say something like, or sing something like, in Christ alone, my hope is found. And you can tell, you know, like, I know your story. I know what you're going through. That that just opens up a whole new perspective to mm. that song and how the gospel ministers to people in that yeah. moment. So it's just an expressive opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to be expressive about how the gospel gives us hope and joy and peace and comfort and all of those things. Yeah, so I agree. Mm. I agree. Uh, going back to, we kind of went off on a rabbit trail, but prayer for you. Was there anything that God like really used that 40 days of yeah. prayer to grow your heart? I think we're going to sound like a broken record a little <laughs> bit because, well, and not, I mean, it's just what prayer does. Yeah. Like you couple prayer with fasting to take something away from yourself that you use to depend upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then instead of that, go to God and ask him to be um, the source of your life for whatever that one thing yeah. was bringing you. And so dependence, that mm-hmm. was what um, I, God just broke my heart in so many pieces that like, God, Kyle, you have to be dependent upon me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you think about our culture and our society, we're so self-sufficient, you know, with infrastructure, like the way that even our roads drive, mm-hmm. like we, the, the medical advancements, we can const- or so easily slip into this mindset that, I think it's just like we've 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 got it pretty figured out. Yeah. We know how to do this stuff, and you know, even us, the way we work as a church, sometimes like very systems. It's like sometimes those systems continue. In your mind, you can begin to think, "I've got this," mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's just this level of, um, I think, dependence that God began to work in my heart. Um, it's what prayer is. Like you reference Jesus, I think the thing, this text that we're jumping off the page to me is like Jesus did nothing from his own mm. um, will or he, everything he would did on dependence upon the right. Father before he went and um, did his miracles. He yeah. went and prayed. Yeah. He, he just was constantly in this rhythm that um, prayer was the place that he went to spend time with his Father was gonna fuel him to do yeah. whatever it is he was going to do. And so it was the joy of his life, yeah. spending time with his Father. And so I feel like that's what's kind of been a reminder of me. It's like the joy of my life is time with God. Yeah. Like that's what we were created for. Yeah, so. that's good. Uh, I think for me, I, I think I started this 40 days of prayer and fasting. And the hope has been that like God would give us spiritual renewal and revival. So the way the language we've used is like this fresh experience with God, not just for us personally, but for our church and for uh, our city. And so I think I started the 40 days with this like, I'm desiring this fruit, this outcome of prayer. And then I spent time in prayer and I just 
got to spend time with Jesus. And now I'm like, I just want Jesus. I don't necessarily want just the fruit that comes from that. If fruit comes, great. But like, I've enjoyed time with the Lord. And uh, Tanner Smith has been uh, impactful for me in that, just conversations with him where he's really growing in his prayer life. And I feel like I'm like five steps behind him. Like, I just want to chase after the way Tanner's praying because it's growing my heart to pray. But for me, it's like, I want to sit in silence. Like he, Tanner talks about just, you know, even setting a timer, just be be silent and still before the Lord. And so that's a, a practice that I've adopted in these 40 days that kind of like you said, like, I just want to maintain that. I don't want that to be a 40 days and done. I want to sit silently before the Lord and just enjoy his presence. So that's been it for me. Um, so as we're kind of doing the year in review, looking back, uh, 2022 was also a year we kind of reorganized some stuff on our staff. So we've talked about this a little bit, but uh, we had people changing seats, new roles and responsibilities. Uh, it's healthy for organizations to not get stagnant, to kind of change some things around a little bit. Uh, so how have your roles changed and what's been your experience with those changes this year? Uh, I mean, Harry, how about you go? You've already re- referenced Kyle a couple had a of lot of changes. changes I feel like year, I didn't have so. as many changes, yeah, but for sure, I'll yeah. jump in. I'll jump in that. So, student ministry as a whole, we function centrally in a lot of ways, and so we had a central reshuffling. That's uh, we probably don't feel those changes as much, um, but the ones that I've felt was the stretch assignments for sure, uh, jumping into like completely outside of the world of student ministry, mm-hmm. jumping into the small groups team. Um, and that's just, you know, that's been helpful for me to jump into that team and sit and meet with them and be a part of that and learn. I've just learned a lot. Yeah. Learned a lot about how we think about small groups. Learned a lot about how different leaders lead. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Garcia is the guy that leads our small groups team um, and uh, with closely leads closely with Rachel Fisher yeah. and then um, also Elizabeth Garcia. And so mm-hmm. both of them, I just got to kind of step into this team and see how they think about small groups um, and how they lead um, both spiritually and organizationally, honestly. Yeah. And so that was helpful for me just thinking about, oh, I get to take a lot of this stuff back to student ministry, learning from how these people lead and I sure. get to lead in that. Sure. I mean, small groups is such an awesome team <laughs> and it's such an awesome ministry. I mean, like the navigators, I mean, all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so awesome. I mean, like, I mean, I, I spent some time on that team. Mm-hmm. Carl, I mean, not Carl, <laughs> yeah, Aaron, Aaron did for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, just Carl, Rachel, Elizabeth, I mean, so, so good. It's a so I'm, I'm glad you're doing it because it's awesome. Well, it's I a formative that. role too. Cause like in student ministry, I did student ministry. You can get siloed if we're not careful, right? Mm-hmm. And just our office is in a different place. The ministry could kind of be separate, but that's an invite into a different world where you're, mm-hmm. you know, interacting with a lot of adults and leaders of, and leaders from like all campuses. So like you're known at a lot of places, not just at Clear Lake because yeah. you have a central role on an adult team. And so uh, it's, it was formative for me. I it think is it for me as well. Too. It yeah. is. That's why, that's why I bring it up. It is super, yeah. been super awesome. Talk about your preaching so, changes though. That's a big change in the schedule and all that. Sure. At Lake. So uh, yeah, starting January, I think, um, and it's been kind of a slow drip right now, um, but basically just adding some teaching rotations on uh, to my schedule at the Clear Lake campus. Start out slowly, adding just a few here and there. Mm-hmm. And then now we're about once a month, I'll preach at the Clear Lake yeah. campus, which has been um, great for my heart in the sense of, I love preaching. Mm-hmm. It's a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, I have learned so much from this, just in the process of how we think about sermons, getting to work closely with you guys yeah. and um, th- see how you think about writing sermons. Um, it, it's there's this heaviness to it too, though, mm-hmm. because it's like, man, occupying the pulpit. I mean, my love for the pulpit has grown a lot mm-hmm. in this. It's uh, and wanting to do it well, and yeah. so um, there's been a whole bunch of different things that have come from that. I think uh, 
I've also learned the different styles and voices uh, that people bring to the sure. pulpit. Everybody has, man, it's this stuff that you don't even think about. You just like, man, I like listening to this guy, I like listening to this guy, I like listening to this guy. Yeah. And the things that you like about them, it's because they have a specific style that they bring to the qu- equation. I'm like, preaching is truth communicated through personality. Mm-hmm. It's something we say a lot. And I've been trying to figure out my personality <laughs> in the pulpit. What it's does that finding look like your voice. It's a real thing. Finding my voice. Yeah. And so a lot of trial and error, a lot of discovery, yeah. um, but I've, I've just been grateful for the opportunity yeah. and people willing to walk alongside me in the midst of that to help me in that way. Yeah. So, mm. Well, you're a really gifted preacher. We're glad that you're doing it. I'm glad you're getting developed over at Clear Lake. It's awesome. Yeah. Ryan, what about you, man? That, that's probably been the bigger change yeah. to my role. I mean, as far as... Um, you know, spiritual formation team in Eager Bay, uh, that has been unchanged for a little mm-hmm. while now. So yeah, adding adding preaching to my my plate more so before I was doing probably on average maybe once a month throughout mm-hmm. the year, you know, throughout different different times. Um and now it's about half the time. So yeah. Um, or double that. I mean, like it's, du- twice it's double yeah. that, but yeah. now it's like it's much more oh, of yeah, a regular yeah. thing. So weeks. so it's yeah, like yeah. every other week when before it was you know, it'd be like holidays or it'd be, you know, you know, scattered around. So, uh, yeah, so that's been, that's been really good. I mean, it's, it's helpful to have a regular rhythm of doing that. Um, it, it, uh, it helps you do it faster. It helps you to feel like it's, you're getting to a little bit of a flow. You get some momentum from, from week to week. Um, so yeah, that's been good. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Ryan and I probably share some of the same preaching stuff. I'm leading a strategic leadership team. I was before that giving some leadership to our programming, uh, but I'm grateful Brad Loser stepped in that role. Has done a great job of leading services and uh, leading worship leaders as they plan services. And so now I get to kind of think strategically on behalf of the church. Work really close with Ryan. So spiritual formation kind of is informing how we want to strategically lead. And so uh, I'm enjoying switching over into that role. That's been a big change for us, though. All right, let's go rapid fire. All right, right. let's do it. So personal questions, looking back on the year, 2022, year in review. So let's do this. Favorite worship service so far this year? Night of worship. Oh, yeah. It was a worship service. It wasn't Sunday morning one, but it was a Sunday evening. It was awesome. Oh, it's awesome. You're going to be mad because that's what I was going to say too. Oh, yeah, of course. It was so good. Dude. I mean, preaching that morning on singing and then showing up to sing, man, it was good. Yeah, it was a good night. Uh, Usually my answer to this question is Christmas Eve, but we haven't had Christmas Eve yet this year. It's coming up pretty soon. My favorite is just this random week in August. Like that's not usually my favorite worship service, but I can't even say what we're preaching. We baptize a whole bunch of people, but like the spirit was present. I mean, it's just like a good morning. We worship passionately, respond to the gospel well. Uh, August 21st, it was just a great, great Sunday. It's my favorite one of the year. There you go. So far. Awesome. Uh, coolest place you've been in 2022? Yosemite National Park. Yeah, sabbatical trip, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to do a lot yeah, of cool Yosemite. things. Yeah. Uh, Brazil for me. Went on nice. a mission trip with Carl and some of the other people from around the church to cool. visit our partners in Brazil. So nice. Brazil was awesome. I went to Paris in 2022. Oh. That was my coolest place that I visited, for sure, for sure. Uh, this is my favorite question because question, I'm a foodie. So best restaurant you've eaten at this year? Best restaurant. All right, you go first. Dude, I don't, I I'm not a foodie. Chili's is your answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not the right person to ask this question because I'm, I'm not a foodie. I yeah. am like, I would much rather eat at the house yeah. and not go out. Lines, people That's okay. waiting on me. So I want to know, like, uh, someone who's not a foodie, what's your favorite restaurant you've eaten at this year? What's my favorite restaurant that I've eaten at this year? Uh, man, we went to this, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was downtown. It was on, uh, we were, what were we celebrating? Me and my wife were celebrating something. Uh, but we found this little pizza place, like oven baked pizza. Boom. And they put hot honey hmm. on the pepperoni pizza, mm. which was like, it was like this spicy, 
Super good. It was cool. great. It's probably so, mod pizza. It's mod pizza. No, it's not mod pizza. <laughs> mod pizza. Never mind. I won't. I won't tell you that story. I think I've heard that story. That's a different podcast. Uh, Ryan, best restaurant. Did you already? Did you already go? No. I'm, I'm still sitting there thinking. How about you go? Because I, right. I mean, there's some place I went to over the summer that had to been. That's, on your trip, that, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. that stands out, even though I can't think of it. Yeah, so it's not really standing it. out. Uh, my favorite one so far is we went to a place called Nancy's Hustle in East Downtown. Do so good, mm. so good. Uh, it's Justin Verlander's there. favorite restaurant in Houston. Uh, Bethany saw some podcast one time where he was talking about this restaurant. It's like a modern American fare, just really, really good. Everything mm. we ate, like I wouldn't order anything on the menu based on the way it's described, and everything was incredible. So good, Nancy's Hustle. Gosh, I still can't think of anything right oh, now. Man. Yeah, it's got to be people. somewhere. I got like a list running in my head. I know. Choosing I, new places gives me anxiety. Yeah, like, text me anytime, man. I'll so, send, you, send you some recommendations. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Sorry. Central I, market. I, I recently, <laughs> I, I recently went to um, no barbecue. Well, Come on, yeah, man. I went you to the, the place that Aaron Franklin uh, opened in Houston. Franklin's. No, no, no. It's Loro. Uh, yeah, Laura. I yeah. went there recently. It's that's good. Cool. It's really good. Yeah. So I'll, it's like a fusion. Yeah. yeah. It's fusion, Asian, yeah. And, yeah, whatever. So there hey, you that's go. A good, that's a good one. It's Way good. Go. I figure that's kind of awesome. one that you would recommend. Way to go, man. All right. Most listened to song on Spotify or Apple Music this year? Did y'all look it up? I, I couldn't figure out how to look it up. <laughs> I, I did. I looked at mine. It was I. I have a kid now, so it was bath time songs. Because every night I put on the same one. Is there a way you can look at like on on the app, like I, on your phone? I don't. I I have Apple Music. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm Apple Music through and through. So I, I'm, Spotify. I'm Spotify. Yeah. So we. I same way. Like I share a Spotify account with my kids, so they are always using Google to play music. And so my f- most listened to song on Spotify was Evan's Walk to the Plate song in baseball. It was like uh, ACDC Thunderstruck. So that's my like number yeah, one that's a good on one. our list. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, it'd probably be like a, some sort of Chris Stapleton, Tyler Childers, nice. Sturgill Simpson song. Yeah. Uh, recently, I've been singing and listening to that, uh, that, is it Promises, that song that we've been singing yeah. lately? Promises. Yeah. Yeah. I found like this 10 minute long, like live version. Nice. That for some reason, I just like listened to that for a while. Was so it Maverick City? Yeah. They, like every one of their songs long, is yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite Clear Creek Resources podcast of the year. Oh, I know you listen to all of them. So yeah. like, as you scroll back through them mentally, what's been your favorite one of the year? Oh man, dude. <laughs> I'd have to think through I'll that. jump in. Go you ahead. you yeah, keep go thinking. Y'all are actually like, I didn't send you these questions ahead of time. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> You read through them, you're like, this I'm is like, I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. So you, I'm going to start, start scrolling through and yeah, see what we it. got. So there was one, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was about like barriers to, for people for joining small group. Oh, yeah. And it was, I think, was it you that mm-hmm. did that one with Rachel? Rachel? Yeah. yeah. So for one, Rachel's just awesome. She's so awesome. that's part of the reason why it's one of my favorites. But it was just, I've sent that out to a lot mm, of people who have been just like, they like had a family member or someone who they wanted to join a small yeah. group, but they weren't willing to. So they've just used it a lot. And yeah, so it's good. I found that one really useful. It's helpful. Did you scroll and find one? Uh, well, was it a right. conversation you, with Ryan? You Lee? love all no, of no, these. No, just no, scroll and yeah, stop. Where I just yeah. talk about myself. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, that, that was, that was definitely that the worst point. one. It's good. Uh, I'd say the one that I enjoyed talking about was, it was recently, it was whenever we were doing the Restored series. It's mm-hmm. called The Power of Story in the Digital Age. Oh, yeah. And so we were talking about how our story team creates those stories and all those. And I was like, I love that because that's not something that I can do. Mm -hmm. And uh, our team that does that, does that so well, so creative. And uh, I almost like, 
it, I was hosting that one. And so it was like, I want people to get like how <laughs> awesome these people are at what they do. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that, that came out, but I was, I was super excited to do it just because I was like, I want, I want people to know how awesome, awesome. this team is. Man, John Coffey has done a great job this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Telling a lot of good stories and chasing down stories. And so uh, he's an interim student director at East 96 right now, but because he's doing such a great job telling stories, we need him to play both of those roles for a season. Uh, I'll be real biased, uh, not one that I was on. Uh, my favorite resource podcast this year was my wife did a podcast with Rachel Chester and told some of our uh, story of infertility and then kind of this this uh, story we went through this last year. I can't tell you how many people have come up to her and me and just talked about how impactful that was because of something they've gone through. And again, as a resource that people are sharing, uh, I thought that was really impactful. So super biased, but yeah. I thought That's my wife good. did a good job. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, most memorable experience of the year. Like what happened in 2022 that you're like, I'm going to tell my grandkids about that one day. I mean, yeah, it would be like part of my sabbatical. I yeah. mean, I, I don't remember if I've talked about this when I had, we had like a, a post sabbatical yeah. podcast where I talked about some of those that things. That was a good one too. I the, enjoyed the, that. The most memorable moment of that whole thing was when we drove through what's called Tunnel View at Yosemite. So yeah. depends on how you get to Yosemite National Park. Uh, we were coming from like the South, like Fresno. And when you drive through, there was this sign that says, oh, Tunnel View coming ahead. And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. And we drive through this tunnel and and one of my kids started videoing me for some reason. And I was like, oh, I bet you like when we get to the other side, it's gonna be this awesome view. And we like pulled through, it just like opened up and mm-hmm. you just see like Yosemite Valley with like El Capitan and Half Dome and all these things. And it was like overwhelming. Like That's I awesome. just went, like went nuts. I mean, mm-hmm. I almost like got teary eyed. Mm-hmm. Not almost, I did. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> so like, so cool. I'll tell you know my grandkids about that That's moment. Cool. Go see Tunnel View at Yosemite. It's, nice. It is everything that I described it to be and more. Cool. Mm. Cool. I think for me, it would probably, I mentioned this is the coolest place that I've been to, but it would be my trip to Brazil, yeah. that mission trip. That was my first time going overseas cool. to do missions in that sense. So uh, it was, it just grew my heart for yeah. people a lot. And just to see the, the context that those people live in and the people that are regularly serving them and loving the people in that area, man, they love Jesus a lot. That's and awesome. it was really encouraging for me. So, Did you get to preach in Brazil? I didn't. I, I didn't. No. The, Carl pro- preached one Come. Sunday that was there. And man, preaching with a translator, that makes me anxious. Yeah. <laughs> that seems challenging. But he did great. Yeah. He did great. Good. He was good. Yeah. Uh, my most memorable, yours is way more spiritual than mine. Uh, <laughs> mine too. <laughs> yeah. Just keep talking about Yosemite. Yeah. It was a spiritual moment for me. It was, sure. Uh, <laughs> I went to the game six of the World Series. Yeah, I mean, you like, did. That was my most memorable. I will tell my grandkids about that moment. Yeah. And I got to go with my wife. Like when Jordan hit that home run, dude, we, I was jumping up and down, hugging my yeah. wife. Like it was, it was so cool. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. So good. Good moment. That was like when I, when I, when I'm watching at home and that was like, I got to text Aaron and I was like, yeah. I can't believe that you're there. Like <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. So, so awesome. awesome. It's awesome for me to watch on TV and the know that you're there yeah. is even better. Like, you start telling people, I know a guy that's there. <laughs> I know there. a guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do the last one, rapid, rapid fire. Biggest change for your family in 2022. What did your family change about rhythms of life in 2022? Um, I don't know. Probably just my my daughter, my oldest, yeah. started at junior high. So yeah. now we're we're in that's the junior high world. Now we're at two different schools and you know all the preteen stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, so that's a big change. Yeah, yeah. For us, we moved. We moved oh, right. out of our house, and we moved right across the street from my parents. Yeah. So it's on the street of the Clear Lake campus, mm-hmm. and so it's that, that's been the biggest change. Yeah. But. Cool. Can you walk to the Clear Lake campus? I mean, you can. I mean, it's, it's going to be a little, little bit a okay. little bit of hike, but probably about a mile and a half, two oh, okay. miles. Not bad. Cool. Yeah. 
depends um, if it's summer. Or, yeah, yeah no, depending on weather. No. <laughs> uh, a big change for us. My wife is uh, kind of gone back almost full time working. Uh, the church is opening that Life Tree Counseling Center. My wife's going to uh, work there, so that's a big change for our family. All right, last question. We head into 2023. We've kind of looked back at 2022. As we head into 2023, just briefly, what are your hopes for the year ahead? Uh, as a church or personally, however you want to answer that question, what are your hopes for 2023? I mean, for myself and for the church, it, probably the, the same thing is like this sense of the nearness of God, like that that would continue and grow in the new year. Yeah. And so uh, that we would, I would uh, be... Just, just be so willing to give up whatever I need to give up to have that like nearness with God. So if I need to like create margin with my time or, uh, I mean, you know, we're talking about generosity, like mm-hmm. if, if money has a hold in my heart, like what do I need to get rid of? Like, how can I grow in my, my love for Jesus more and more? And then yeah. allowing God just to, I mean, overflow that however he sees fit just you know sharing the gospel with people and seeing people get baptized like that's that's what i hope happens yeah. in in this year and so uh in my own life and for the church like i i want i want this place and these people to just explode out and uh and you know not not to build up clear creek but to like build up the name of jesus yeah. so yeah. um i've never been more excited about it than than uh, than i am right now and awesome. so that's what i'm praying for cool I think the similar thread in, in what I would hope to see or what I've been praying for in my own life and life of Clear Creek would just be, um, you know, kind of from the generosity series that we just yeah. wrapped up, like radical acts of love, people can be, and that comes from a relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it starts there, it starts with abiding in God um, and being close to Him, but that just, we would love people well, yeah. you know, I think it was said in that series at some point that you're probably not going to be able to like bash someone over the head with knowledge to get them into the kingdom of God mm. in a 21st century postmodern culture. You're not going to argue them into the kingdom of God, mm. but you might just be able to love them in. Mm-hmm. And so that we would just, that would just become so true of us because of the way that we've been loved in Christ, that we would just mm. love people well with time, talents, and treasures. Yeah. So Cool. Cool. Um, I think as a church, I do look forward to uh, a season of really anticipating revival. Like what, you know, only God can bring revival, but if we can lay the wood and God can bring the fire, it's like, let's, let's do everything possible, not just to prepare our hearts for that, but to see God move and the gospel just advance throughout our city. And so I want, I want people uh, to be passionate about sharing the gospel with their unchurched friends in 2023. That's my biggest hope for the church. Um, I get to take a sabbatical in 2023. So that personally, that's the thing I'm looking forward to just to see and arrest. Go to Yosemite, so. man. It's the best. <laughs> Should I go to Tunnel View? I Tunnel View, man. About that. Just, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Hey, well, thanks guys for jumping in on the podcast. Appreciate y'all. Yep, glad yeah, to be thanks here. Thanks for having us. Cool. Hey, for our church family, I hope it's been a helpful conversation as we look back over 2022. Uh, you know, I hope that you would maybe even have some of these conversations with your small group, uh, with your family uh, as you wrap up 2022. Just spend time with friends, remembering what God has done and looking forward to the new year ahead. So Clear Creek, we love you. Look forward to worshiping with you soon. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.